Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Happy New Year, Cowie. Yeah. Oh, super grateful uh, just to gather in worship uh, to our great God and man, so thankful for uh, just all of you and, and for the blessing of gathering as his people and for the blessing of what God's doing in our midst. And I believe with all my heart uh, that the best is yet to come. I'm praying and, and we're praying that God would just continue to assemble an army uh, that might be sent out on mission for the glory uh, of his name. And man, it, it just expectant of uh, just a great year, and, and man, want to encourage uh, all of you as we, we lean in this morning. And, you know, I was, I was looking at a few things, just thinking about the, the start of a new year, and uh, here soon we're going to open up uh, one of Paul's epistles, and we're just going to walk verse by verse uh, for just several weeks through that, and uh, just really excited for, uh, for those things to come. But my heart uh, just couldn't quite settle, and, and this morning we're going to uh, look at a passage in First Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to talk a, a a bit about what it looks like to grow. Really, this, this question of how we grow. Now, there's a, a lot of people with those kind of things on their mind. A lot, in our culture, as a new year starts, there's uh, all kind of different things that people begin to think about. Uh, I did a, a little bit of just online searching and uh, looked like the top three things, like people were interested in growing their bank account, like how they could save more money this coming year. Uh, the second thing was people were interested in uh, being part of uh, some kind of exercise and getting involved in, uh, in working out and maybe building some muscles. And the third thing was really changing some things about uh, their diet and losing some weight and being uh, healthier. Now, this morning, we're going to talk uh, some about uh, training. And, and as I searched for some of these things, one of the headlines that popped up was that the fitness industry is booming but we're not getting any fitter. Uh, that was kind of the interesting statistic, that, that there's a lot of money being invested. Uh, fact is, uh, just a, a couple years back, actually about five years back, um, a study that I saw found that Americans spent $264.6 billion on physical activity, far more than any other nation. But it was interesting that they ranked 143rd globally for actual participation in physical activity. You know, I, I was in the first service, and my daughter is as a track runner, and um, she's serving in our kids' wing this morning. But uh, yesterday, I spent the day at Liberty University at a, a track meet, and uh, really just saw some really premier athletes and uh, some of the best athletes in all the nation, and was really encouraged by all that. And this morning, I got here, and one of the guys in our early service, uh, who used to be a runner, brought me this sermon illustration. He didn't know it was. He was like, you can time hope with this. And I'm like, this is perfect. And, and one of our deacons, um, the deacon of the week today, you'll know who that is at the end, but in his Sunday school class said when he saw it, he thought it was one of those life alert things. <laughs> like, I've fallen. <laughs> Remember that. Like, it's not that funny, Graham. It's not that funny. That's <laughs> yeah, I've fallen and I can't get up. So maybe that says a little something this morning, right? But but we're going to talk about how we grow, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to grow in Christ. And, uh, you know, Paul uh, uses some illustrations throughout Scripture and uh, gives us some, some pictures of a race and compares the, the Christian life to a walk or to a race. And, and we're going to see some of that. 
And, and what, what I know about some athletes, like I saw some of the, the folks there uh, yesterday, and man, some of them are just kind of natural. I mean, they just look like they can, I mean, just get after it. You know, I'm just so amazed by how fast they can run and all those kind of things. Sometimes it's the same thing about, about our band. Like when I look and, and see them just jamming out and playing a guitar or the keys or the drums or all those things, you know, I'm tempted to, to look at them and say, man, I'm just so glad, you, you know, the Lord gave you that gift. And, and, and there is a sense of that that's true. But at times when I do that, I'll say, man, it was just a great day today. You just really, man, just played for the glory of God and it just really encouraged my heart. And I'm just thankful that, that you, you know, had that gift and, and that the Lord's given you that gift. And sometimes I might get a response that said, you know, it's lots of practice. And then that's what we would see. Like when it comes to all those kind of things, it's discipline, it's practice. There's hours and hours of training that goes into those moments. There's, you know, I was thinking about these athletes and specifically my daughter, like her, her furthest race normally is like a 400-meter dash. And so when she runs that, you know, we're, we're spending hours and hours, countless hours of training to run for less than 60 seconds, right? And it's kind of a, uh, you know, that's the goal. That's the, the hope that's there. And so some of those folks have some gifts, but I want to I kind of start out with just this reminder this morning. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be walking through First uh, Timothy 4, um, and we're, we're going to read all of that here in just a few minutes, but, uh, or not all that, but, but maybe beginning in verse maybe 7. Uh, through about 12, but we're going to read a, a section of scripture here in a few minutes. But, uh, but I'm reminded as we think about this thought of, of being naturally gifted or those kind of things, Romans 3 would give us just a really incredible picture and reminder that it, when it comes to this spiritual journey, that there are none of us that are gifted naturally for this, that we are uh, separated from God. The scripture would t- say that there is none righteous, not even one uh, we would read in that passage of uh, just horrible thoughts of the speech and behavior and, and just read of the depravity of people that are separated from God and our desperate need for a Savior. We would see those things. And so when we open this passage, we're going to be reminded uh, of just this, this rough spot that we're in naturally. But by the grace of God, and, and we, the Scripture would say that we are saved by grace through faith, uh, that it's not of, of works lest anyone should boast, and it is by God's grace that we are saved. And from that, uh, and out of an overflow of what God's done in our life, right, that's the, the starting point. That's where we get in the race. And then we see the, the work of God, uh, the, the work of the Spirit of God, we see that uh, in the midst. And we know that all growth really is a, a, a work of God's Spirit in our lives, but we also understand that we have a, a tremendous role uh, to be disciplined or a tremendous role uh, in, in partnering and working toward uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of who Jesus is. So if you will, take your copy of God's Word, Philippians cha- or excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 4, if you'll stand with me. Uh, we'll begin to read in verse 7 through 12. And the Scripture says this, But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. For it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of believers. Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those 
who believe. Will you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful. God, we're thankful for your word. God, we know that your word is truth, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, God, that you use it uh, to work in our lives, God, that you take the word of God and and your spirit, God, takes the word of God and, and conforms our hearts and changes us to look more like you, to conform us to the image of God. And so, Lord, we pray Uh, this morning, God, that you would accomplish what you desire through your word. God, we pray that for believers in this room, God, that we would leave different. God, that we would leave, Lord, with with a new desire. God, we pray, Lord, that you would give us desire in our heart, God, to to pour our lives out for the glory of your name. God, to be disciplined. God, to run this race, God, that you have called us to. Lord, that we might see a a, a world that is lost all around us, God, and that we might recognize, God, that that there is so much at stake, Lord, and that we might... uh, also remember, Lord, that the battle has already been won, Lord. And we pray, uh, God, that you would help us in that. Lord, for those that might gather this morning that have never trusted you, uh, Lord, for salvation, that have never repented of their sins and just placed their faith in the finished work of the cross, God, we pray this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit would convict of sin, Lord, and that there would be uh, people, God, that might turn from sin and turn to you. And God, we pray, Lord, that you would do a work uh, in us that would cause, God, your work to, God, just ooze through us as we live our lives for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. So when it comes to spiritual things, we're all equally uh, in, in a mess, right? We're saved by grace. But discipline in spiritual matters is of first importance to a disciple. When we hear that word disciple, we see the word discipline and we see the word disciple. We can see kind of the core of those things. And discipline in spiritual matters is in first importance in the life of a disciple. And that's what Paul's communicating in 1 Timothy 4. It's, it's on the setting of this backdrop uh, of this context of, of Paul writing to Timothy and encouraging him to continue to nourish uh, this church in sound doctrine. It's this call that he is to proclaim that in the midst of, of a place where there's godless false teaching, where there uh, is, is things that are being uh, taught and, and said that uh, the scripture would tell us here that they're fit for uh, like old wives' tales and that's it, right? And so we're seeing that kind of thing. Look at verse seven. He says, have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, this second piece, this, this old wives' tales, it gives us this reminder of things not even worth listening to. Now, when, when I was growing up, I, I don't know how old it was when we first had like a phone that was, was private. Uh, now, you know, for, for the young generation here, like we've got a phone in our pocket, we've got a phone that we carry everywhere. Well, back in the day when you lived on Oak Grove, which is way on down the line, right? Here's what you had. You had this thing called a party line. Now, you would think... And it sounds good, right? Like it's a party line. We'll all have a party there. No, that's not what it meant, right? It, what it meant was that, uh, that Peggy and Dewey Houston, who lived down the road from us, that they shared a phone with us, that my grandparents uh, had a phone. So, so when you picked up the line, uh, in those moments, there were other people that could be on there, right? It was like we all shared this phone line. And some of you experienced that. Some of you are like, I can't believe that actually happened. That's crazy. But I would pick up sometimes, and, and my grandma would be on there. Now, now at first... This seems like an incredible moment, right, when you're a young person because you're like in stealth mode, right? You're, you're picking up the phone. You're being really quiet. You're like covering the, the front of it. You're like, you're listening really close, you know, and, and you're trying to be super quiet so she doesn't know you're like on the line with her or whatever, and, and you can hear them talking. And what, what I figured out uh, after a little bit, right, is that it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> it was like, 
<laughs> like like old women, and they, they were t- and, and not there are no old women in here. So I just want to make that clear. Like I don't see any old women. I just want you to know, like from the beginning, right? But 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 evidently. Maybe like some old women in our time and old women in their time, they could get in, caught up in some stuff that really had no benefit. So, so Paul tells Timothy, he's like, don't even get caught up uh, in that mess. He said, it's not even worth listening to. Instead, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And so point number one today, we want to recognize this call to train uh, for godliness, to train for godliness. We're called uh, to exercise, right? When we think about this discipline or this train, uh, to be godly, and it says a whole bunch, right? So when I began to study this in the Greek and began to look and say, you know, what is, uh, what, is, what is being communicated here? What's at the heart of the language? And sometimes I do that, and I'm like, well, okay, just exactly what I thought. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. I didn't notice that before. And this was the kind of uh, wording here. So when we read this word discipline or train, uh, the word in the Greek, it comes from uh, the Greek word uh, gumnos, and so it's this word that other places and, and that places that we would see it used before is a word that means naked. And so when you read this, you're like, okay, so what's, the, what, what's, what's being said here? What is the purpose here? Now, this is a word that by the time uh, the writing of the New Testament, it was this word that was filled with, with work and with sweat and, and with just this call to exercise and to work hard and to train. Uh, and, and it was just this kind of thought that was there. But what we would understand is that these Greek athletes before, when they would gumnos or when they would exercise or when they would train, when they would run, that they would strip off those things, right, these outer garments, and maybe, uh, according to this word, maybe even more, right, because there was nothing that they wanted to hold them back, that there was nothing that, that they, because uh, they were running for the prize, right, and there was such a value in this race that they wanted nothing to hold them back, right, and they wanted this kind of look. And here's the thing, as we walk and as we look at this spiritually, we're running for the glory of God, right? And when we do uh, those kind of things, what we understand is that how we grow is dependent on how we engage in this training. Again, we understand that that we are dependent on the Holy Spirit. We are dependent on the work of God uh, in our lives. We understand that. We would read in Philippians 1, Right, that, that he would write to this church at Philippi and he would see the work of God among them. He would see the way God was working and he would say, I'm confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you, he will see it through to the day of completion. We understand that it's the work of God, but, but we have a role that we must recognize in this. And it is through our discipline and how we engage in this training that we grow as followers of Jesus Christ. Our motive though is important. I like what Kent Hughes says about this. In his commentary, he says, but when it comes to spiritual matters, we hesitate. So he's talking about kind of how we look at this physical training, but he says, when we come to spiritual matters, we hesitate. Discipline sounds so much like legalism, but such thinking is mistaken. Legalism is self-centered, but discipline is God-centered. The legalistic heart says, I will do this thing to gain merit with God. The disciplined heart says, I will do this thing because I love God and I want to please him. See, this is who we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ. In light of what he has done, it is our desire that we would, we would discipline ourselves for a purpose. And that purpose is godliness, that we would look more like him, that, that we would grow in the grace and knowledge of who he is. Verse 8, why? Why would we do this, right? For bodily discipline is only of little profit. So it's important. 
It is, it is, there's good to it. It is a profit. We should take care of our bodies. We should work out. We want to live as long as we can for the glory of God. We want to do those things. We want to engage in that. But here's what we understand. It is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. It's for, it is for this that we labor and strive. Now, this is the kind of striving that we think about. It's this picture of, of right at the finish rock of a race where the athletes are just putting out everything. You know, they've been saving a little bit and, and they're running, they're, but, but at the finish line, they're striving with everything that they can, right? This last ounce of energy to get across the finish line. And so we're seeing that kind of thing. And Paul's saying, hey, for this, we labor and strive because we fixed our hope not on the things of this world, but we have fixed our hope on the living God, right? Who is the Savior. I mean, it is, it is only in him that our hope rests. And here's what we see, like without discipline. So you can just think about your lives. You can think about people you know. Without discipline, there will not be godliness. Without discipline, there will not be godliness. And the scripture says that godliness is profitable for a few things. All right, for all things. Physical exercise, good, has some benefit. Godliness, though, is profitable in this life and the life to come. And what we understand is whether or not we are serious about this training and we are committed to being disciplined for the purpose of godliness, it is going to make a huge difference in this life and in eternity. You know, we're having our starting points class today and it talks a bit about membership and just what that looks like. And, you know, what we know about the body of Christ is that we are members of one another, right? We are members of one another that we are are, are part of a body. And here's the truth. Every one of us, we are either building up or we are pulling down those that are around us. I don't believe there's any neutral ground in the life of a Jesus follower. Either we are people that because of the training and because of the discipline that's in our life, because of the commitment that we have to grow in Christ, because we are abiding in his word and we are living out of an overflow of time with God, because of those things, we are edifying and building up, or because of a lack of those things, we are tearing down. You know, Pastor Chris shared on Wednesday night, and if you uh, want to check this out, he, you can view it on our YouTube channel, our, our Aftershock Student Services, but, uh, but he shared on Wednesday night this illustration from his life, and it was a, a story of his in-laws, and his, his in-laws were, uh, were at the beach, and they were uh, just great swimmers and, and, you know, been in that environment uh, really all their life, and all of a sudden, uh, in the midst of this day that they went out into the ocean, they got caught up in a riptide, and they got caught up in something that was dragging them out uh, into the ocean, and they found themselves far from the shore, and they found themselves in serious situations where people were, were trying to come and, and help them and rescue them and to be part of, 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 of saving them, and, and what they can understand is every person that got near, that there was nothing that they could do, and finally, there was someone with a surfboard. Pastor Chris shares the, the full story, but finally, there was someone uh, that, that was equipped and that was uh, able to help them and to get them 
to shore, but, but what I want you to understand is that, that we impact people either positively or negatively, and some of us impact like, like this joyous tide that uh, makes a great day uh, on the beach and, and just kind of lifts us up and walks in that, but there are others that are like undertoes to the body of Christ, and we are pulling and, and, and causing uh, damage uh, in our lives. Like, here's what I want you to understand. If you are married, if you have children, the presence or the lack of the presence of spiritual discipline in your life is either serving to encourage and cause your family to look more like Jesus, or the lack of it is causing them to look less like Jesus. We, we understand that spiritual discipline, that it is important for this life and it is important for the life to come and it has an impact on those that are around us. And we must be, as, a, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must take serious this call to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, that it is profitable for now and eternity. So number one, right, we train uh, for godliness, right? We get in this deal. Number two, we trust the process. So how does this look? How does it look to train for godliness, right? We, we think about this physically and we think about this, there's personal trainers and there's gyms and there's all these things, right? There's exercise bikes and there's a million different diets and there's all the things that are there. And what we know about physical training is that it's pretty simple. I'm going to give you the, 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 the guy with the life alert uh, shortcut for all this, right? Here's the deal, right? If, if you take in less calories than you burn, you'll probably lose weight. I know, that's, that's a, people are paying millions for that. It's free right here this morning, right? If you eat the right things, you're going to grow in a healthier way. Like we know some of those things. When, when my daughter was small, we didn't have commercials on our TV. And so we had some streaming channels, but she had never actually seen a, a commercial. And so we went to the dentist's office, and she was in the dentist chair getting her teeth clean, and she's looking, and all of a sudden this ad comes on, and this ad comes on, it's, it's this ad for some kind of new way that you can lose weight, and you can be healthy, and all those things, and at the end of the ad, it says this, uh, and, and it was just this really simple thing, it says, call 1-800-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and you'll lose 20 pounds in 30 days, guaranteed, right? And Hope had evidently overheard uh, maybe this desire to, to do some of that in my life, and so she rises up from this dentist chair with excitement on her lips. And she says, Dad, call that number. <laughs> Easy as that. 20 pounds, 30 days guaranteed just by calling. And, and what we know is that it's simple. What we need to do in order to be more physically fit, what we need to do to do all those things, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's the same thing when it comes to training for godliness. It's simple, but it's not easy. Take in less calories than you burn, you'll lose weight. And if you'll take in more of the word of God than you do the world, you'll grow, right? See, there's just, it's just this reality. And here's the thing, we have more, the statistics show we have more gyms and more things and more access and more things to to change our lives physically, but we're not more fit. And I would argue that we have more things than ever to grow spiritually as followers of Jesus Christ. And we find ourselves stagnant. We find ourselves complacent. We find ourselves in, in those kind of places. And, and so when we examine our lives, right, are we disciplined in the word of God? Are we growing in the grace and knowledge of who 
he is. We're reminded that everything we do is centered on his word. John Stott says this, our diet is to be the scriptures and we're to exercise ourselves in them. We will become godly only through the most godly book ever written, God's own word. See, we grow as we're disciplined to take the word of God. We're disciplined as we train together in the community of God. You know, we, we look at the early church and we think about how did they grow. We see this, this incredible work of God in the early church. And, and I want to suggest to you that there's four simple things that we can see in this early church that, that are true for us. And if we engage in these four things, now, obviously, again, uh, it is only God that, that, that grants us this growth. It's a gift. Uh, from him, God uh, works in our hearts to create this desire, but, but it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Some of those days when we don't feel like it and we open the word of God anyway, it is the word of God that God uses to grow that desire in our heart. And so there's days that we don't feel like doing certain things that we do it anyway. There's days when we may not feel like opening the word of God, we do it anyway and we see God